0: This is Quit, a show about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, starting something awesome, and kicking your corporate stooge job to the curb. We're not doing a live call-in show today because my billionaire friend hasn't yet fixed our, uh, our Ansible for call-ins. So we've been asking you guys to send your listener feedback via email, and it's been great. I've got a stack right here of amazing emails. I read every single email that you send. I do not just give priority to people who are Patreon supporters, patreon.com slash five by five. Uh, but I may, I don't give priority to them as far as the, 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 the email that I read on the show, but I do give great thanks to them every night. When I sit down to dinner, I close my eyes, I bow my head and I say, thank you to all of my amazing Patreon supporters without whom I would not be able to pay rent. So thank you very much. If you wanna, if you wanna help me pay the rent, you can do that by going to Patreon.com/slash Five by Five. Speaking of uh, of rent and uh, and bills and bloated salaries, Hattie, how are you oh, today? Hi. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great.
0: Welcome back to the show.
1: I'm glad to be back.
0: Look at you! You're sitting here I'm in our. Relaxed. And you're relaxed. You got your headphones on. You got a mic set up uh-huh. that's different from before
1: just a little bit different but i
0: feel like this is so much better than our other office we're in we're in our new digs now and every time that we move which hasn't been all that many times
1: i'm still yawning though. i see that
0: <laughs> we always get uh we always get some tweets oh you guys just moved six months ago what's up we were in our last space and we knew the last space was too big and we knew that we needed to it was pretty it was gorgeous the view of downtown austin in the distance was amazing. We
1: bragged about it.
0: And I enjoyed that space, but I knew when we got it that it was a little bit too big. And in the last episode, I talked about the mistake that I made of, of signing that lease. But it's in the past now. We found a great new space that I think we will be able to enjoy for a much longer period of time.
1: You know what? This, this one reminds me of our second office, where the one where we had the big window cut. Yes. Just the lighting and the way we had the lamp in the, the room, back. The yeah, it's room, the recording room especially, same. I agree. And I like this room it. with
0: very minimal sound treatment. We haven't really even, we have the we panels stacked up, but they're not attached to the wall. In, and, and Already towers. I feel like it, it sounds better acoustically in here.
1: It sounds great in here. I don't hear anything. Yeah. There's no air vents or anything, yeah. so it's good.
0: But all in all, you know, we've moved, we've moved into a space that's a good size for us, and we're recording in what I would describe as a large walk-in closet.
1: Oh, it is. I mean, I would Really enjoy it. this. I think my if closet, you if you but... had this,
0: Hattie, you probably would fill this with clothing and shoes. Yeah. In your if you had this in your house, I would imagine.
1: Yeah. Well, I I don't think I'd need it to. You be do this have lots. Of, I would sh- want it Lots to be of shoes. Well, I would just end up hanging everything because I don't like drawers. Like I don't want to put my jeans in a drawer. I don't like that. I want to hang my dr- them. In- my drawers. My drawers. We have
0: three sponsors: Linode, Hover, and Wellfront. We'll tell you about them as the show continues. I'm at Dan Benjamin on Twitter. Hattie is at Hattie Bird on Twitter. And I have a lot of things uh, to talk to you about. I have 11 different points to bring up. I hope to get through all of them today. And one of them, of course, is listener feedback. And that'll be the final segment of the show. So if you have sent in an email or tweeted to me uh, with a question, uh, know that we will get to your your email as quickly as possible. and, And keep those coming in. The best way to do that is to go to 5x5.tv contact on that page. We list the shows we do. You'll find Quit there, click it, and send us an email. And if you don't want your email or your name read on the show, then by all means, specify that. Otherwise, I'll assume it's fair game. So one of the things that occurred to me in in the last move, and we were moving all of last week, we actually began our move uh, on Wednesday at 5 p.m., the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And that... Of that course, it was, was a stressful was difficult. time, but yeah. the way things worked out, the uh, new people who were taking over our old space wanted it quickly, and then we found this space and we had to move quickly, and that was simply the only time that we could do it. And what an unfortunate time to do it, a day before a big holiday, especially, you know, I, I know, Patty, you spent the time with your family, but you, you had did. the luxury of simply showing up and you were fed and you were taken care of back and welcomed back into the hearth and home and, and essentially womb of your childhood yeah. i however the have the womb to, of my childhood yes That's i however have to create the womb for my children so i was involved right. in all of that preparation
1: right i just got to relax and everything champagne was poured for me mm-hmm. the table was set the food was made i kind just walked in kind
0: of just like just like here right
1: yeah i just walk in there's a table set
0: yeah i saw your instagram of the place setting oh yeah my mom was, quite a, elegant. was
1: having a throwdown with one of her friends who could set a better Thanksgiving table. That was
0: a mistake they're going to lose.
1: And they did. Yeah. She was like, oh, you didn't have time to hand calligraphy each place card maybe next
0: year. Yeah. Retirement is working yeah. out well for her. Yeah. I, however, had to assist in the putting together of the Thanksgiving. And as a parent and a host of a Thanksgiving, it occurred to me while this was all going on, that this is a, can be for a lot of people and it certainly was for me there's a degree of stress involved in this because there's even if you just take the cooking aspect of it there's so many different dishes all of which have to come out at a different time uh, or at the same time and have to be ready at the same time and preparation and purchasing of different things and are we going to make all the sides and who's bringing what and can how many
1: we, ovens do we have
0: right it's all it all can be very stressful i think and so it, it occurred to me that the topic that might be interesting for our listeners is sources of stress
1: well, as,
0: like as a topic. So if you think about it, Thanksgiving in and of itself is stressful. An office move is stressful. How do you handle all of this on top of the fact that you're still expected to work? You're still expected to deliver. Uh, you know, I, not only are we expected to do shows, expected, not only by our sponsors, but hopefully by our listeners who are eagerly anticipating the next installment of whatever podcast we're doing. But we have to also take on the other burden of doing all of these other things. And then add to that, again, as a parent, your kids are now off of school. And of course, we love to spend time with our kids, but that changes everything because what you normally could get done in a day, it doesn't always work out that way when your kids are there because they need stuff, they need attention, they need to be taken care of. So it becomes an incredible stress, but that's not actually the source of stress that I want to talk about today. The one that I want to talk about today is, is stuff, because stuff is very stressful. Stuff items. in and of itself, items. And to quote, uh, your, your, I know one of your personal heroes, Hattie, Tyler Durden from Fight Club.
1: Yes, personal hero.
0: The things you own, own you. And how true is that? That's one of the most true statements I've heard in my life. The things you own, own you. What does Tyler mean when he says that? What do I mean when I say the things you own, own you? It means there are very, very few items that you can possess that don't create the necessity for other actions or items in order to maintain those. And I'm not going to sit here and and advocate minimalism because I'm not. A minimalist and I'm not an advocate for minimalism. John Roderick on the latest episode of uh, Hattie, please add the latest episode of Roadwork to the show notes. Show notes can be found at 5 fivebyfive.tv slash quit slash seventy nine. John Roderick was uh is the could I use the word lambasting? Is that an appropriate use of the word lambasting? the sort of efficient, minimalist style. I think so. The people who try to speed through life. And is that really the purpose of life? And his argument was, what does that efficiency lead to? What does that streamlining of your life, streamlining of your life really lead to? Think about that for a second. What what are you trying to get by having seven pairs of the exact same shirt and se- or jeans and seven of the exact same shirt and wearing those all week or knowing that every item you have in your closet matches every other item so you don't have to think about it. Are you laughing or does that sound really appealing to you? Because for me, for a long time, that was my goal. I didn't want to have to think even for a second about what I was going to put on. I knew that every shirt matched every pair of pants and that matched every sock and every belt and every pair of shoes. Just it
1: all goes together. What do
0: you feel like wearing? That shirt, those jeans, they match.
1: Which ones are clean? Doesn't Doesn't matter. matter.
0: (laughs) Always something matches. And you know what? Yes, like you can do that by buying everything in black and gray and blue. Uh, Like in The Fly. Like in The Fly. Jeff Goldblum, uh, his character, uh, Seth Brundle, learned that trick from Albert Einstein that you could spend your time thinking on other things. And, and John Roderick's argument is, well, what things are you thinking about and how has that really helped you? He's, it, he, didn't, he wasn't across the board saying nobody cares about minimalism or, but, or that it's not a worthy pursuit because there are a lot of people that do. But if, if that's your goal, what are you spending those new cycles that you've acquired on? Where is the fun in your life? Are you having fun in your life? Are you enjoying things in your life? Sometimes it's fun to just wear a fun, light blue sweater. You know, why not? But to the topic at hand, minimalism and stuff and the things that you own owning you, I I, I think the best example of this that comes up is the concept of buying a car. Now, there are probably a lot of you who are listening to this on your commute. You're in your car right now. Or maybe you live in the city and you don't have a car at all and you're on a bus or you're on a train and you're listening. Or you're walking. If you're really smart and lucky, you're walking home, riding your bike, riding your unicycle if you're a hipster. What a a really cool situation to be able to just walk everywhere. But there are a lot of us who can't do that or who have made decisions in our life to make it so we can't do that we've got to drive we have a lifestyle where driving is required and you have a car there's so much that goes into having a car forget just making the payments to the car on time and everything that leads up to and surrounding that forget just getting gas i mean you've got there's so many things from from oil changes to air filters to wiper blades to new tires, to getting your tires rotated, to running over a nail. I mean, those are just to the vacuuming basics. vacuuming
1: your car, to keeping it looking nice. I mean, like, then there's all the aesthetic things.
0: So much goes into just maintaining the car, Addy.
1: Maintaining a car, maintaining a house, maintaining Where are anything? you going to put
0: your car right. when you're not in it? Right. Like, that's a project. If you work downtown, are you in a parking garage? Are you driving around the street? It's a, such a pain to try. I had to get, uh, as a result of all this stress, I started getting these, like, uh, headaches which can be attributed usually, and in this case, it seems like it, to uh, my prescription changing, which always seems to manifest itself the most around times of uh, overworking myself and, and stress, which is what was going on. And then, so I've said, fine, I'll just go to the eye doctor, which in and of itself is a project, you know, that in and of itself is a project. You gotta well, where is it? Well, it's it's here. So you gotta drive out there, and you gotta park. And of course, the one I go to because it's a really good one, is in downtown, the
1: center of downtown, like a block from the Capitol.
0: You can't park there, so you know that's that's a project. Everything is a project, and then you have to get the glasses, and it takes. They have to send them out because my prescription, of course. It's a really tough prescription because it's got a, I've got an astigmatism that's like really bad in one of my eyes. uh, The lens has to be made a certain way and it's at a certain axis and a rotation and all this nonsense. So they can't just do one hour lab, like all you just uh, regular myopic people walking around. Oh yeah, I got mine filled at... uh, Lens crafters. Lens vision eye work crafters. Uh, They took 15 minutes in and out. Easy. No. That's not how I get to do it. I have to wait a week. And then it's still wrong. But that's the responsibility you have. Now I have glasses. And they're expensive. You know, all of these things are just, they're these little details, right? All these, all this work that goes into this, of having a car, of getting to a place where you need to be. It makes the city dwelling, Lifestyles seem really appealing. But living in a city takes a toll on you that you don't realize until many years later. People who live, these are facts. I don't have URLs for you, I apologize, but you can, as an exercise to listener, you can look these things up because these are facts. But people who live in the city, there's a higher instance of people getting cancer if you live in the city. Stress-related things, anxiety, all of that You're more likely to be unhealthy if you live in a city than if you live out in the country. But that makes sense, doesn't it? That makes sense. Makes sense to me.
1: I think I found the article you were reading.
0: Put it into the show notes.
1: Why living in a city makes you fat, infertile, blind, depressed, and even causes cancer. There you go. Daily Mail.
0: Thank you, Hattie. You don't want to live in a city. It's a terrible place to live for your health. It's a terrible place to live if you want to raise a family, it's a terrible place to live if you want to live for a long time. But it's a great place to live if you want to walk everywhere and have fun and be single and meet people and go different places and eat at a different cool restaurant every day. But it's a terrible place if you're a prepper because those are the places that you're worried about being destroyed. And there are a lot of nice mediums that are out there, happy mediums. But I'm the, the point of the show isn't to terrify you. We'll do that on another show. <laughs> the point of this show is to talk about stuff. And so I've been talking to Anthony Armandarath. Anthony Armandarath of Fun Size. He's a friend of mine who has been on this show a number of times. Brilliant UX and business person. Who I am hopefully going to be doing a show with to talk about this kind of thing. This the, not minimalism, but rejecting of stuff for the sake of stuff. And, you know, you read about it and, and this, this philosophy is, it's there and it's disguised. It's written about in other ways. Can the iPad Pro replace your MacBook? Well, that is a, a, a way of saying, can I have less stuff? Can I have one device? Can I have a device a smaller that's smaller? Device. Can I have a device that, uh, that I don't need to worry about charging as often, which means I don't need to bring a charger with me? You know, it's, It really is about getting rid of stuff you don't need when you think about it. That That's the pursuit that we all have. And right now, lo and behold, in front of me, I have an iPad Pro that I got uh, about a week ago to see if it could do that for me. Could it get rid of this stuff? But there's a lot of people who get it and say, yeah, I totally replaced my MacBook Pro. My MacBook Pro is right over there. I don't even use it anymore.
1: No, it's just sitting
0: there. It's just sitting there. I sell stuff when I don't need it. Hattie, I want you to do- Out with
1: the old, in with the new.
0: Have you ever met anyone, Hattie? I'm not patting myself on the back here, but have you ever met anyone who's as good as I am at getting rid of stuff that I don't need anymore? No,
1: you're really good, and I actually Thank have you. to like save things for you that I know that later- Even though you're saying, throw it in the trash right now, I know I'm like, you're going to want this. And then I save it and then you ask for it and then I pull it back out. I am. But I've
0: sold a lot of stuff. Yes, you did. Computers, hardware. I'm a hoarder. We've got tons of stuff in here that I'm still planning to sell. I want to have, is it because I don't want to have anything? No, I just don't want to have anything that I'm not actively using and keeping for a, a,
1: a valuable function. Right. I feel like with people, we're so scared and we're in such that habit now of like, oh, if this cord goes bad, I need to have a backup and I don't want to go to the store. So I'm going to buy two now. I'm going to use one and then have one as a backup. But then you have all of this crap that's right. just everywhere. Yes. And then what if you decide to change brands of cable and now you have this extra cable? So I don't know. So I, do want, do? I
0: have an exercise that addresses this that I want every listener to do.
1: <gasps> I do too.
0: And I will, it's not stretching. It's not yoga. What? Not that kind of exercise. No, not that. But I'm I'm going to tell you what it is right after I tell you about one of my... You want to talk about saving time. You want to talk about being efficient. Let me tell you about our first sponsor. It's Linode. Some people are going to say Linode. Those are the same people who pronounce it Linux. But it's not Linux. It's Linux. This is an operating system. It is a Unix-like operating system. It is a wonderful operating system upon which to host websites. And in fact, Linux or Linux, is predominant out there in the world. If you go to a web hosting company, you go to a company like Linode that offers virtual private servers, of VPSs, it's pretty much going to be running Linux. It's a wonderful operating system. I've been involved in the Linux community. You know, thinking back, Hattie, I think it was 2001, I spoke at the Jacob Javits Center in Manhattan about what we later called LAMP, which is Linux Apache MySQL PHP. That's an acronym they call that. I like that. LAMP, which was this brand LAMP? new way to like host a website on your own. What's involved? So I talked about that. And I'm, I'm up in front of the class. It wasn't a class, it was a seminar, whatever. I don't know. It was a conference, it was Linux Expo. I'm up in front of this, uh, this group of people talking about it. And at the break, this guy comes up to me and uh, he's like, oh, I'm really enjoying your talk. And he had an accent, really nice guy. And we talked for a few minutes. I'm like, who who are you? What do you do? He's like, "Go, oh, I'm uh, and I, I, I regret that. I don't remember his name right now. I, he says his name. I said, your name's really familiar to me, but I can't figure out why. He says, well, I'm the creator of PHP. <laughs> I said, what? And he's like, yeah, I'm a creator of PHP. And I said, what are you doing in my, like, what is lamp class? <laughs> Why are you in here? He's like, yours was the only, uh, only uh, track that had anything to do with PHP. Yours was the only one that had PHP in the de- title or description. So I figured I'd go to it. I'm like, well, how am I doing? He's like, oh, you're doing good.
1: <laughs> Why? And then he, he
0: just vanished into thin air. It was like a little puff of smoke
1: and he, like, some uh, pop rocks brimstone.
0: And, just... and yeah, out. But if, if you're into hosting and you want to host your own website or you're building your own application, or even if you just want to chuck some files somewhere, you want to set up an SFTP server, you want to set up a Minecraft server, or you want to full on develop a really awesome PHP app or a Rails app or pff, Python guess. you could go and you go to Linode. And what they do is they give you high performance Linux servers. For pretty much everything. You get, they, they, and what, what, one of the things they do now that's really awesome is they have SSDs in their servers. That means everything is faster. Everything is faster. Their networks are insanely fast. And they even have an API you can code against to deploy stuff. They got stack scripts, which should mean something to you if you're into this stuff. You get root access on the command line to do whatever you want. They have customer support 24 by 7. Or as the Apple CEOs and executives would say, 24x7. Or 24 7 i don't go for that. <laughs> 99.9% uptime. I mean, you name it. And they have a special promo deal. $10 credit on a new account if you use the promo code 5x5. The URL to go to. Promo.linode, slash five by five. Go there and then use the promo code five by five, 10 bucks credit, and you also support, the, uh, support this great show that you love so much. Thanks very much to Linode for making it possible. Oh, yeah, they have backups. They got node balancers. It's
1: got so much earthing. stuff.
0: So much. So here's the exercise that I want you guys to all do. Usually, it starts in the garage. It all starts in the garage. But I don't know if that's the place you should start. Closet? Closet. Go up into the closet in your spare bedroom. Open the closet doors and look in there.
1: If you can't see the back wall.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. But look in there and look at the stuff that's stacked up in there and say to yourself, What am I actually using in here? What am I using in this place? What haven't I used for six months? If you haven't used it for six months, here's what I want you to do. Get a big cardboard box, as big as you can find, that you can still move. And take the stuff that's been in the closet and put it into the cardboard box. And if you need two boxes, if you need five boxes, whatever it is. Tape them up. I'm not talking about your grandmother's right. photo album. I'm not talking about you know the bronze shoes that your parents had made of you when you were little and first right. started your first pair of shoes got. I'm not talking about that I'm not talking keepsakes. about I'm talking about the extension cable with the freight end. I'm talking about the belt that doesn't hasn't fit you for five years. Uh, you know what i'm saying I'm, ta- I'm talking about. Uh, the, the stack of children's books that your second kid stopped reading six years ago. The diaper bag that you used for your first kid. Well, maybe. No, you don't keep that because you're not going to do anything with it. And don't kid yourself. Well, I'll give it to my next door neighbor when they have their own kids. You know what? Your next door neighbor doesn't want your crappy used diaper bag. Only they want your the brand family. new one because yeah. they're going to nest it. They want to do their nesting thing. They want to get all the new work and get our monogrammed one for our kids from the Pottery Barn kit. Yes, that's what they're going to do. So let them go and do it. Don't kid yourself. You're never going to fit into those jeans again. Well, it's my motivation for when I lose weight so I'll be able to wear those jeans. They're going to be out of style by the time you lose the weight. Right. And you're going to want to celebrate losing the weight by buying new jeans of the Gap or that made in style? well or whatever you do. So don't, don't kid you. Put them into the box. I'm not saying get rid of them put them in the box as you put things in the box write down on a little piece of paper what you've put in the box number the box number 1 or number 2 or number 3 and write that at the top tape of the, the paper list on the do box. not tape the list on the box tape the box shut and put the box into your attic or your garage or wherever you store boxes and put the date on top of the box and the number on top of the box and then the date on top of the paper. And do not put the paper with the box. I'll tell you why. Tell me why. There's too many things in garages that eat paper, or chew on paper. There's too much of an opportunity for, and I'm talking from experience, that the paper will get ripped off of the box and it'd be thrown away. Just put the paper somewhere safe. But mark that date on the box. And then, using one of your computers, set a reminder it could be, I, I, I would say six months at the outset, but set a reminder for yourself for another six months. If you want to get really bold and daring, do 90 days, do you know three months. And that reminder says, throw out box number one. Right. Because what's going to happen is at some point you will realize, oh man, that thing I put in that box, I need that. We need that right now. Well, you'll be able to refer to your lists, and you'll be able to know where the box box. is.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And every month, do that for a new box until you've got a whole bunch of boxes. Well, by the time you've gotten three boxes, if you set it for for three months, you're going to get rid of the first one that's out there. Or if six months, it'll take you to get rid of that first one. But if you don't open that box for anything, put the box in the back of your car and drive it to Goodwill or wherever you want to donate it to. And that list now becomes the packing list. You can hand them and says, "What's in it? I don't need it anymore." Or you can save the list to remember what you gave away in case you are saying, "Where was that belt that used to fit me? Oh, that's on list box number two, which I just donated." But get rid of this stuff. You don't need it. You don't need it.
1: Well, and if you are like me, and what I just did, uh, if clothes are your problem, um. I learned a, a, a good trick. You might know it, but you take all of your hangers and you turn them around the other way. So, where the open part of the hanger is facing towards you instead of the proper way as you would hang. Right. Do that for all your clothes. Okay. If you, if when you wear something, Yeah. turn the hanger around the correct way. Okay. And then, you know, wash it, put it back on the hanger. Right. At the end of the year, Whatever you have not touched, whatever hanger is still facing you, Mm -hmm. get rid of it. Because if you haven't worn it in a full, you know, 12 months, then, you know, you've been through summer, you've been through spring, you've been through winter. There's no need to keep it anymore. So that's a good way to see.
0: Clothes is a big problem for people holding on to stuff.
1: I have stacks of old jeans all the way from middle school and things (laughs) like that. And, you know, like they're haunting me. I don't know I'm I'm crazy because I keep you're I, haunted I keep that's things. what you are
0: yeah. haunted
1: but I'm trying to be better about you it you are like John strict.
0: John Roderick in the sense that you attach a
1: lots of meaning
0: meaning and
1: uh, and a time period to things like oh this is what I wore like in middle school and I remember that time and you know like I know my kids like see, remember the dress things-
0: in, in Bridges of Madison County remember yes. her dress
1: But there are times when I'm like, oh, I wish my mom would have saved some stuff. Like what? You know, like, I would have loved to be able to say like, oh, yep, these are my mom's jeans from high school. And like, I have them on now. Like, that's cool. But she probably went through the exact same thing I did. And I was like, get rid of everything.
0: (laughs) You know, I think that there will be that moment of regret where you have packed something or turned your hanger around and then donated it where you're like, That thing, I really wish I hadn't gotten rid of that thing. That was that one thing. But that's going to be one thing out of
1: 50. And chances are it's not going to be the thing that makes you cry. Because if if you're worried, if you're so worried that you're going to put something in a box and then give it away and then say, oh my God, I can't believe I gave away my grandmother's wedding dress. If that's (laughs) the case and if you feel physical fear and stress, if that actually would happen, then don't. You know, set that aside and be like, this is something I can never get rid of or until I'm ready to get rid of it. Right, right. Or put it in storage, you know, like, but anyway.
0: The things you own, own you. It's a fact. It's a fact. You are beholden to these items. And I'm not, you know, and some people who are listening to this might be like, you got to be kidding. Like, I'm not getting rid of that stuff. I'm holding on to it. My kid's first watercolor painting, not getting rid of it. My kid's 75th watercolor painting, not getting rid of it. I get it. Like, I get it. There are things that have sentimental value, and we're human beings, and we attach sentimental value to things. Most, most human beings. I used to definitely believe that things almost had like a, like a life of their own, you know, like all oh, that little pocket knife that I had, even though the blade snapped in half when I used it to pry that thing open and it does not really sharp anymore. And like, I can't get rid of that. Like that's my little pocket knife. That's my little buddy.
1: Right. Cause like we've been through a lot together. Right. Yeah.
0: But realistically, like what am I going to do with that? And, and, and so I've talked about on this show and in many other shows, my meditation practice, over many years, helped me kind of come to terms with the fact that uh, that that I didn't need to hold on to so many things, and that there are enough things in the world that we kind of have to hold on to. That carrying around this house full of stuff with us wherever we go, or in this case, this office full of stuff. How did I accumulate all these XLR microphone cables? Like, where did they? Why do I have twenty? XLR, what was I thinking about? Right, there are Why don't I, right, do I have that many? I need five. Five just right ones. Speaking of just right, you want the just right domain name, don't you? I know I do. I'm always thinking of that next cool project. or You know what? Maybe you just had a kid and you want to get that kid's domain name thinking of the future, right? Or you want a family domain name or you just came up with the perfect business idea and you're looking for a domain name. There's only one place to go. There's only one place, Hover. Hover.com, they have so much. And the the thing that I really like about Hover, I love their search. I've talked about it before, but but that's because I like it so much. When you're trying to brainstorm about that perfect new name, you can just go to Hover.com and it works like Google. You just type the word or the phrase or a few words into that search box and Hover will show you all of the domains and hundreds of domains potentially that you haven't even thought of. That are available around that word or phrase that you're thinking about. It's the best. And you don't have to upgrade for things that should just be included. Like they built in who is privacy. So if someone tries to research the domain name, they're not going to just get your raw email address and spam you. It's free, it's just built in. They don't think that that's a, you know, like they don't see privacy as a feature you should pay extra for. They've got a wonderful valet transfer service. So if you, and this, this happened recently. Uh, one of uh, the listeners had come up with a domain name and registered it and said, hey, look, I, I got this for you and I want to give this to you. And I said, wow, thank you. That's so nice. They said, how do I do that? I said, where'd you register it? They said, Hover. I said, you're, Perfect. you're done. Email the, the valet service at Hover and tell them you just want to give it to me. And, they, and it, they do, they, Hover does everything behind the scenes for that. They switched it from his account to my account. I didn't even have to do anything. And they've even got something now called Hover Connect that lets you choose, like, the hosting service you want to host your website with, Shopify, Squarespace, whoever. And they'll connect it right up. The DNS is built in. You just pick it from a list, a drop-down list. You don't even have to, like, reconfigure stuff by hand. You don't have to enter DNS numbers in anymore. If you thought of everything, it's over at hover.com. And I will personally give you a 10% discount off your first purchase by using the code STOOGE, Mm S-T-O-O-G-E. Code is STOOGE over at Hover.com, 10% off your first purchase. Thanks very much, Hover, for supporting 5 by 5 and quit. So there's one more thing I wanted to talk about as we talk about stuff and we talk about sources of stress. And it shows you what a little bit of planning can do to it to eliminate stress. And this is a segment I've wanted to talk about for a while and I wasn't sure what show to do it on. It didn't really seem like maybe it's a back to work thing. I don't know. Maybe it's an article. Maybe it's a website. I don't know. But I wanted to tell you about how I pack when I travel because
1: you're a master.
0: Thank you. (laughs) There are very few things that I am exceptional at. One of the things that I am exceptional at, I think, if, if I may say, is uh, talking into a microphone. I'm good at that. I'm really good at packing. And that's it. I think those are my only two skills. Those are the only things I'm really, truly good at in a way that would go down in history as one of the, one of the all-time great packers. That's my claim to fame.
1: Bad and bacon method.
0: Bad and bacon method. Packing method. Well, oh, there are a lot of people, right there. no, there are a lot of people who insist on like the rolling method of packing. I have tried it. I think it, it works okay. That's not what I'm going to recommend here. And in fact, I'm not going to be talking about here's how you should fold your shirt. Although I could tell you how to fold your shirt if you want. But it's more of a thinking process to eliminate the stress that surrounds packing and here's what I mean by that. There was an episode of House of Cards where Francis decides that he's going to be taking a trip and his I hate to use the term secretary, is she an assistant, is she an executive assistant? What was she? The woman at the desk.
1: Uh yeah, the really really smart yeah. lady that ended yeah. Um oh man. Well, if it what not would you call handler, her? Though? Not secretary, but like she was almost like Kind of second in command, yeah. but didn't really have say over his stuff.
0: Well, he, he says to her, I'm, I'm going to Alabama tomorrow. Book, and she, she's like, I'll book you a flight. And she says, do you want your casual bag or your formal bag? Because what this means is he's, he has two bags. he has two bags, a casual bag and a formal bag, and they have everything he's going to need in it. The formal bag, I'm guessing... Has a suits, ties, dress shirts, dress pants, dress shoes, all the crappies gonna need packed. The casual one, same deal. I'm not saying you should do that and have two different bags, but I am saying so much of the source of stress that we have around travel, especially if we don't do it on a regular basis. Right. If you travel every week, you've already got this down. If you travel every month, you've got this down. If you travel once every six months, once a year or less. Every single time you travel, you're like, oh, man, what, how do I pack for this? What am I going to do? How am I going to pack for what
1: this? What if it's cold? What if it's hot? How many days am I going to be there? Do I, what do if I, I need to change need clothes? I need a travel
0: toothbrush? Do I have the little things that go on the ends of a regular toothbrush?
1: Now I have to pour everything in really tiny bottles. Right?
0: What is the T- Is there a TSA anymore? Can I bring?
1: How many fluid ounces? Right.
0: So here's what you do. And do this when you're not about to travel for a trip so that there's no stress. But here's what you do. You think about all of the things that you're going to need on a regular business trip where you're going to be staying in a city in a hotel. You're not going to the Sahara. How many days? You're not going camping. It doesn't matter because what you're doing here and what your goal is here is building that bag, not necessarily just of clothing, but of things that you need on a trip. And here's what I'm talking about. Because these are the kinds of things you always forget that you wind up stressing out about. Okay. What do what do most of us have? Most of us have a smartphone. Most of us have in this case now, some kind of watch that we that we have to charge, or at least two devices. A second device. So what are you going to use to charge them? Oh, you gotta run through the house and well, where's that other charger? Where's that cable? Can I pull this one from work? And You know what, I'll I'll take my wife's charger. She won't won't need to charge her phone for the five days I'm gone, will she? Oh, crap, I guess I gotta order another one from Amazon. Or you know what, I think Walgreens has those. So I'll just go to Walgreens and I'll buy one of them. It's $18 for a charger, that's outrageous. You don't wanna be in that situation at 9 p.m. the night before you're packing, throwing stuff into a suitcase that you know is gonna have to be searched by the TSA. No, don't do that. Here's what you do. You sit down and you say, all right, on my trip, and you write it down. I will be bringing, what, an iPhone, an iPad, or a computer, or whatever it is that you're bringing. You write that down. Personal care stuff, okay? I, I need a toothbrush, right? I need some toothpaste. I need underarm deodorant. I need some goop shampoo. to put in my hair. You don't need shampoo. You don't
1: need conditioner. You don't need, don't need shampoo. body wash. You don't
0: need sh- Nothing. You don't need to bring your own soap. You certainly don't need to bring your own pillow. That's a different show. Uh, you know, but do you need to bring floss? Do you floss? You should. So you need some floss, you know, write these things. Do you have a, do you have a, a, a beard? Do you need to bring your, your beard care products? You know, what, what is it that you're going to need? Write down all of that and then be realistic about it. Could you go a few days with not using your own shampoo as long as you get some shampoo? yes. There's going to be shampoo even in the crappiest of crappy hotels. There's right. shampoo that you can use. So only bring, but write that down. You need a travel toothbrush, right? So write, write that down. All of these things that you need and then go and buy travel size versions of all of those things or go and buy the small little three ounce uh, containers that are meant for TSA travel, TSA approved containers and fill them with the stuff that you're using. Put them into your little, what we would have called in the old days, a dot bag, one of those little travel you know bags for Toilet all of your stuff. Bag. Toiletry bags. Put it in there and put that into your suitcase or into your uh, carry-on, which is what I recommend, carry-on. I never check. I don't care. I can go, I can go for two second, weeks. Right. Two weeks, I wouldn't need to check a bag. And you put that in there and you don't have to worry about it. So the next time that you go on a trip, Oh crap, what am I going to bring? Well, do the same thing for your electronic stuff. Go and buy one of those amazing anchor chargers. I'll put all of the stuff in the show notes. These show notes are going to be a whopper. Yeah. 5x5.tv slash quit slash 79. Show for the ages. You go and you put all of that, all of that stuff. You get these. I have this wonderful electronic cable organizer little. I don't even want to call it a case. It's like a little zip thing that you put all the stuff in.
1: And I have a little long zippered pouch that it all fits in.
0: You put it in there, but then you know what? You're going to wait a minute, Dan, are you saying I should go and buy a separate charger that I'm only going to use when I travel? Yes. You're telling me, Dan, I'm supposed to go and pay for uh, two lightning cables to just put in the bag. I'm not going to. Yes. Because you know that you now have everything you need is all ready to go, it's already packed, it is impossible for, wait, you want me to go and buy a travel uh, thing of toothpaste? Yes, buy it and put it in the bag and have it in there ready to go and do not think about it or touch it or what. Oh, what if it expires? If you're worried about it expiring, you're not traveling enough to do this because most right. stuff has like a three to five year shelf life.
1: How, how often would they have to travel in order to qualify for this?
0: Once a year. I think it's worth it. Because Twi- I
1: think twice a year. Twice
0: a year. I think once a year. You say twice, that's fine. We'll go with you. Twice a year. <laughs> but it's worth the time to do that because it eliminates so much of your stress. That stuff is just done and ready. Then I'll tell you what, as far as how to pack for something, obviously you've got to look at the weather. You've got to look at the forecast. Talk to someone in the town that you know and right. ask them what to wear. I think it's tougher for women because women... Uh, it's
1: harder for women. Than frequently,
0: that's... Are cha- they change all the time. They're changing outfits all the time.
1: You can, you have can 10, get...
0: 20 pairs. You have a whole suitcase I of just shoes pr- well, when no, you travel. I have a
1: problem. And I know I have a problem. I, I fall into that habit of like, oh, what if there's a party? I might need a dress. When in reality, I'm just going to leave whatever conference... And just go in whatever I wore for that day. Like, I'm not going to go back to my hotel room to, like, change and stuff. So, I, I have a bad habit of saying, what if? What if suddenly people want to go hiking? I should take something <laughs> that's not too dressy. You right. know, like, really crazy things. But I think uh, girls can do it, too. It's very, it's very easy. Like, take one pair of jeans. You know you're only going to wear one pair. Take. A shirt for every day. Layer, that's the easiest thing to do because you can always take different parts of it off based on how hot or cold it is. And then two pairs of shoes, one for walking around and then one for a little bit dressier of an occasion. And then that's pretty much it.
0: There was one time I went to San Francisco and uh, it was much colder than I had anticipated it. And I was going to be there for like four or five days and I didn't pack any sweaters or anything like that. So we went down to the Union Square and picked up, uh, went to H&M and got yeah, a sweater. Yeah, you're like, where
1: am I going to get a sweater? And
0: they sell cheap sweaters in there. And it was like 20-something bucks for this, for this sweater.
1: Low commitment on that.
0: And you know what? I wore it like basically every day of the trip mm-hmm. and it was fine. But like you're going to a city, you're not going to the Sahara. You can buy stuff when you get there. And just think of how much stress you're going to eliminate by knowing that, like, my basics are already packed and the only things that I need to think about are what am I going to wear over the next few days. Now, I will also say I highly recommend using cubes to pack. They're called packing cubes. They're so fun. Tom Bin makes some really great packing cubes. Uh, Eagle Creek makes some really great ones. And I'll just
1: go into REI
0: well, yeah, REI has some a really great section for this. So it is organized living. You can save some money over those places. If you want to go to the store and get them, you can, but you can save some money by shopping this stuff at Amazon. So the links that I'll be putting into the show notes will be uh, mostly for Amazon when possible because they have really good prices. But I love packing cubes because, again, this is something that gives you the peace of mind when you are packing. So when you're packing, here's what you do. You say, okay. And this is maybe targeted more toward guys because, as Hattie was explaining, women have a different system, perhaps. But for guys, you're going to say, okay, I leave on Monday and I come back on Friday. Well, I'm going to dress at home on Monday, so I don't need to worry about any of that crap. I just need to worry about what I'm going to wear Tuesday through Friday and at night. And so you make different piles and you say, okay, nighttime pile. What do, I, what do I need to wear at night? Am I going to wear some PJs, bring some PJs? Am I going to wear some boxer shorts? Am I going to wear shirts? Throw them all in one pile. Boom. And
1: chances are you can probably just use one pair of pajamas the entire time.
0: That's disgusting. <laughs> and then you can mm. take what you're going to wear. And you know what? You can probably wear X number of pairs of jeans. You can rewear a pair of jeans. That's fine. You know what I mean? So they put them down and stack them up and organize them by the day. And once you look at it, and you say, "This is because guys don't normally, Hattie. Guys don't think in terms of outfits. Did you know that?"
1: Right, and that's guys very hard for me. To when understand. I look at my,
0: when I look at the crap in my closet, I'm not thinking, "Oh, there are 18 outfits of all this potentials." No, I'm like, I have seven shirts, I have seven pairs of jeans, or whatever. I that's wish that's what that I simple.
1: have.
0: I don't have like an out. I don't have an outfit. Now I might think, oh. That pair of jeans is going to look good with that shirt and that sweater. Sure, I'll do that. But like in my mind, I don't think of that as like a thing. No, it's a set thing. Like a set thing. Guys are not like that. Guys, think like that when you're packing for a trip. Think, I'm going to wear on on Tuesday. This is
1: Monday. This is Tuesday. Then also, I will throw this in. Yes. You can wear... Pretty much the same especially if you're leaving early in the morning versus late at night, if you're not doing anything, any other events on the the day you're leaving and the day you're getting in, you can wear the same thing on the plane. Like you're just by you're just traveling. You know, like maybe if you if your shirt isn't gonna be clean enough for you, wear bring another shirt. But like that's that outfit or whatever or whatever you're deeming that Uh the outfit for travel, Uh like that can be the same outfit, just like I just changed my shirt and that's right, it. Like right. you don't have to think about that because A, you're not going to see anybody. <laughs> you know, you're just, I'm, it's in the dark. It's seven o'clock in the morning. I'm going to the airport and then I go through security and then I get on the plane and then it's all of a sudden it's 10 p.m. and I'm driving back home to my house. Like low, low encounter day.
0: Now on my, on the next <laughs> episode, I will talk about being efficient when traveling, but this is, prelim- this, so this is part, Hattie, this is part one of my travel series. What do you think of that? I love it. I mean, I'm just an idea guy. So you 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 want to pack efficiently, but you want to know and think ahead. And then what? here's what's going to happen. You're going to get there and you're going to say, oh, man, you know what? It would have been really useful to me if I had had a, a little thing of, uh, of hand moisturizer because it's cold here in San Francisco and my hands got a little chapped. And right. you know what? Guess what? In the hotel room, look around. They've got moisturizer in there. It's a small size bottle. Guess what? That's your travel moisturizer now. No need to
1: buy it. It's for you.
0: You know what else? Listen to this this life hack. Those bottles of shampoo and moisturizer and stuff, they're for you to use. So here's what you do. Take them with you always. Well, yeah, because here's (laughs) here's what you can do. Check this. This is a life hack. Take if you, let's say you go to a hotel, let's say your your company put you up in a nice hotel. Go there and you're going to be there for four nights. Take all of those, the shampoo, the hair, all of that. Take it in the morning before you go uh, to your to your thing, whatever thing you're going to. Take it and put all of them, all of them that they give you, all of them into your suitcase. When the housekeeping comes in, they'll say, oh, They've used up all the lotion and the shampoo and whatever. And they'll give you all new ones. And then you take those again and put them in your suitcase. I did this at the W Hotel in San Francisco. They (laughs) have the best products there. I had enough for the next two years of travel.
1: Right. And now that's your travel one. And And your backups when you run out. Yeah.
0: I am so smart. Let me tell you about someone else who's really smart. It's Wellfront. Wealthfront, Hattie. Get excited. Woo! Wealthfront makes it easy for anyone to get access to world-class long-term investment management. It's an online automated service that invests your money for you. Because you know why? You know you should be investing your money for the long term, Hattie. For your health, your financial health, your future family's financial health, Hattie. And you probably wondered how you should do it, Hattie. You might want to try and do it yourself. You know, that's the thing. I'll do it myself. That's complex. It's time consuming. And you think, oh, you know what? I'll just go, I'll hire hire a professional. Well, most professionals in this field, traditional advisors, they're getting charged huge. They're charging huge fees up to like 3% of what you have under their management. That adds up quickly because they're also charging you hidden fees for like transactions and charges made to your account. Well, let me tell you something. Wealthfront is different. They don't charge that way. And they, they do something that uh, you'd be shocked to learn a regular investment manager is, is not really going to do. They're automatically rebalancing your portfolio and reinvesting your dividends. That it's all commission-free. And you see every trade that they make on your behalf, on your dashboard, anywhere you go. They've even got a mobile app just for this. wellfrontcom slash 5 by 5 is a place to go. Because if you go there and you sign up, they will manage your first $15,000 entirely free of charge for life. So in addition to never paying commissions, never paying hidden fees, you're also not going to pay any management fees on your first 15K. Pretty good deal, right? Wealthfront.com slash 5 by 5 Just visit that URL. That will tell them you have listened to the show. That will tell them that you're interested in investing better. you will support the show. At the very least, and guess what? You're going to find out some cool stuff about better ways to invest. Go check it out. Wealthfront.com slash five by five. And now for compliance purposes, I have to tell that Wealthfront Inc. is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are offered through Wealthfront Brokerage Corporation. Member FINRA and SIPC. This is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities. Investing in securities involves Trust and there is the possibility of losing money past performance is No guarantee to future results. Please visit Wealthfront.com to read the full disclosure. Thanks to them for supporting this show. And Hattie, we've got time. Just a wee bit of time.
1: For a couple?
0: For a couple of these wonderful emails that we've been written written and received. Let me find this right here. Here's There was a really good one that I wanted to, to do. Right here. Doesn't say if I can use the name or not, so I'm not going to. Hi, Dan and Hattie. I only remembered to listen to your show after formally quitting my job. As luck would have it, you answered my question on the episode I listened to immediately after quitting, episode number 75.
1: Yay!
0: You were right, he says. That's it. You know what? I'm just going to stop the email right there. there. Why bother reading anymore? (laughs) You were right. No one should sacrifice their future happiness or potential because they're afraid of offending someone else. And in my case, it was exactly that. Fear. Fear of the unknown at this new job, fear of disappointing my coworkers, fear of regret, that spurred that email to you. I'm glad to say I overcame that fear, and although I might not always be without regret, I have made the right choice. I wanted to note that I was too confident in my estimation that I could walk outside and be offered a job with a 20% raise. It took longer than I anticipated, and I didn't get everything I wanted. This is the real world, and in the real world, you can try your hardest and still fail. Finally, although I would love to be a pretzel machine operator, I moved from a healthcare researcher working to reduce opioid overutilization to a data scientist at a startup 3D printing company. I mentioned these jobs because I found out that a lot of people don't know the range of jobs that exist in the world. In the <laughs> 21st century, you never know what you can get yourself into unless you put down your fear and look up at the world. Love the show. W. That's all. That's all I'll call. Thanks, Dub. George W. B. <laughs> don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Well, thank you for the email. And uh, you know what? You're correct when you say that I was right. And I appreciate uh, you taking the time to, to write. And fear. Fear is a little death.
1: And I hope when you were listening to the show, I hope it made you feel like, yay, I made the right Validated, decision. Right? Yeah.
0: And fear, fear, Hattie, fear is a little death. Stupid. Uh, because fear is the kind of thing that we don't sometimes don't even know that we're afraid until we look back and reflect back later. You say, you know what, what held me back from doing that? It, it was fear, wasn't it? And I guess I knew it at the time, but I, I wasn't willing to see it. Fear is the biggest struggle for so many people. I often wonder if, if fear is as big of a motivator or demotivator for other people as it is for me because I've talked Probably. to I've talked to people who are like I'm like are you motivated by fear like nah not really I don't, nah, I don't feel fear that way but I think it's true I think a lot of people just don't feel fear they're just not they're just not motivated they don't have the fear. yeah like how do you would often describe I call it the fear yeah what is what is the fear when you the say that what does that mean
1: is you're you're powered by your fear in the sense of <laughs> it sounds sad when I say it but that's the reason that you do a good job is right. because you're scared to, to, to mess up. You're scared to do it wrong. You're scared to, to, and not scared in the sense of like, if, if this happens, I might die. Not that kind of situation, not that kind of scared. but more like, or like, I'm scared for my safety. More like, I just really don't want that to happen.
0: Physical fear is how it manifests, though, for you. The lightning bolt, isn't that what you used to call it?
1: Yeah, the lightning bolt. It'll shoot down your chest. feels like cold strike. Like <laughs> when you know you've forgotten something. Uh-huh. Like, okay, I will tell you when this fear strikes. Okay. You're laying in bed. You wake up. It's like a Saturday, and you're like, ah, oh, so calm. feels good. Mm. And you start thinking about your day, and you're like, Mm-hmm. What day is it? Oh my God. it I've missed my mother's birthday. That's the fear. That's the fear that strikes you. What you just felt, and I know you felt it just now, if that happened to you, that's the fear.
0: So that wouldn't really be fear for me. Um.
1: No, but that's like... Okay, let me think of something else. You missed a job interview that was supposed to be Friday, and it's actually Saturday. Now
0: you're talking. Or like you think it's Saturday, and it's actually Friday, and you're still late. Right, that's what I thought you were gonna say.
1: Well, that too. If I miss my mom's
0: birthday, like she, you know, I will just send her a flowers. Call one eight hundred (laughs) whatever flowers show up covered. You like it? I did something different this year, mom.
1: Waited till the day after your yeah. birthday to even say hi see, to you. You
0: wouldn't have been surprised if they'd shown up on your birthday. Well, see, I can get out of that one easy.
1: See, I know.
0: That does not fear. All right, Hattie, this will be our last email for the day. Because we're approaching an hour. Hi, Dan and Hattie. I'm a huge fan of all the great 5x5 shows and quit in particular. I'm interested in your thoughts on a career change that is somewhat the opposite of what we hear about on Quid. I'm in the latter half of my 40s, and I've worked as a software developer for over 20 years on problems from embedded kernel development to web front-end technologies. Software development has been a great career, but I'm considering going back to school and switching careers to my true passion and becoming a mechanical or civil engineer. I have a master's in mathematics, and I've already worked through a few introductory courses via MOOCs and MIT OpenCourseWare. So I'm not worried about the challenge of an engineering degree. I do, however, have two kids who will start college in a few years, a mortgage, and a retirement to save for. My wife is also a software engineer, and I could do consulting on the side and during summers while in school to help pay the bills. But I'd be missing out on a very senior software engineer's salary while I retool to change careers, and I feel that this would put extra pressure on my wife to support the family. I've always dreamed about building massive, tangible things in the real world, and I'm starting to feel that I would regret not being able to do so before I die. Looking at the degree requirements at local schools, it would take me about two and a half years to complete a bachelor's in civil engineering. What are your thoughts on this task? Is this a feasible move at my age? Cheers, M in Seattle. Wow. Because I'll tell you what, there's this thing that happens to people in their midlife. It's called a midlife crisis. Now, I'm not saying that M in Seattle is having a midlife crisis. But part of these feelings that you have in as you enter into middle age is, have I really left my mark on the world? And what have I left behind for the future? How, how I I was here.
1: I am here. I am now.
0: Right. Now, Hattie, at at your age, you're probably not feeling the immensity of, of this desire. No, the I'm way that, it. The way that someone in there, a man in their 40s might be feeling it. But I believe you when you said that you're feeling it because if you're feeling it now, but also, I imagine 15 years from now.
1: Right. I think also millennials, you know, oh, I'm a 19-year-old and I created Facebook. Like, that's what we're dealing <laughs> with now. That's your pressure. So, like, my pressure is like, oh my gosh, I'm already 25 and I haven't created Facebook. You know, like that's, that's
0: interesting. Right.
1: So like, that's my fear is like my time is coming gone already. Oh, my, right. My time You're is already 26. Behind. You're nope, no more. Dinosaur. You. But see, that doesn't, but that only counts for millennials. We don't see other people who are past that age as their time is over. No, we're like, your time is only beginning.
0: Right. But so for you yourself, it's yes, different. yes. And I think I think M is feeling this.
1: Well, I hear you, M.
0: I think M is feeling this, and perhaps that's why M is desiring to build a massive thing to leave behind. Uh, again, like I, where is my giant tower pointing into the sky? He said, um, "You know, like that's that's, but that's a thing. Like that's a thing." You and
1: John talked about this. We did
0: talk about it, and I, I really think that. That that's a very real feeling for a lot of folks, and uh, and and so here's here's the part that uh, that scares me a little bit, that makes me worry a little bit for M. And that is, it sounds like your wife uh, M is bringing in a nice salary. I'm going to assume that you have some money saved up. Um, you've got two kids that are going to college. You didn't say if you're going to have to pay for their college or if it's already saved and paid for, or if they're going on scholarships of some kind or other, but it does really strike me that now is kind of a critical juncture to be making this change. I I will never say it's too late for somebody to make a change, and I don't think it's too late for M to make the change, but it sure is a tricky time to do it. I would really get into why it is that you're wanting to make this change. Uh, you're in the latter half of your 40s. So I don't know, what does that mean? 47, 48. There's so much opportunity within the field that you're in to make a nice living. What if, you know, it's, it's so frustrating because this sounds like this really was your dream, you know, to become a civil engineer or a mechanical engineer. And I would never want to tell anyone not to pursue their dream, nor would I want to tell you to to wait Oh, well, if your kids are going to start college, wait till they finish college, right? Because that's five years, maybe. If they haven't started it yet, maybe six years. You don't know how long it's going to take your kids to get through school. And if you're like waiting for that to happen, then you might never do it at all. But the problem is, it's not just like you want to go and find a job as a mechanical engineer. You have to go to school. Like that's something you've got to go to school for. And I don't know the first thing about mechanical and civil engineering enough to say what your competition would be like. But I do know that it's true that anyone who's desiring to switch from one line of work to another line of work, especially one as different as that, even if you're amazing at it, you're still got to start from square one and you still got to compete with people who are just out of school. And there's that awful fact That you're probably not going to want to work for 30 grand a year, regardless of where you live. You're probably not going to be okay making 30 grand a year. But that's what a college graduate, civil engineering, mechanical engineering, might be willing to take for the right job. Maybe they'll work for less. Maybe it is 40K a year, but you know what I'm saying. You're probably making 120K a year as a senior software developer. Maybe you're making more. So, you're going to have to quit your job. You're going to have to do side works and consulting that's going to take your mind off your game when it comes to school. You're going to be in school making no money. Your wife's going to be supporting everything. And then at the end of all of that, you're going to go and take a 35, 40K a year job that you're going to be in for a long time. Well, it's my dream. It's my passion. All right. Talk to your wife about it. And if she says, all right, then go for it. And make sure to tell your kids, if you're paying for their school, that they may, have to, uh, they may have to quit going to school for a year or two toward the end of their college because dad may not have a job yet and we may have run out of money because, you know what, there's a problem with the ha- foundation of the house. There's a leak under there and it's going to cost 18 grand to fix it. Why not just sell the house? Well, we can't just sell the house because this leak. No one's going to buy it. So just consider those things. You know what I mean? It's, it's tough. It's tough, and that's reality, and reality out there, reality is not your friend in this situation. Am I saying not do it? I'm saying no, do it, but talk to your wife and get her totally on board, get her on board and paint out what is the worst case scenario, what's the worst thing that could happen? What is the absolute worst thing that could happen in this situation? The worst thing that could happen is there's no money for your kids to pay for, you know, for their college, your wife loses her job. You can't make your mortgage payment. You don't save anything for retirement. You've quit your job. You're in school that you now can't pay for. It's bad. Sounds pretty bad. But guess what? It happens, and it happens every day. But I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. This is a tricky one. Hattie, what do you think? What should he do?
1: Hmm. I mean, I agree mostly with what you said. I like... I just agree.
0: What if you're his spouse? Trust. Would you trust him? Yeah. You would? Yeah. You'd be all right with this move.
1: Well, it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm just sitting at home. No,
0: you're a software developer. You're his wife. You're a software developer. Your two kids are in college.
1: They're probably paying for college, too. Yeah,
0: you're paying for for college. Now, your husband's saying, even though I'm making $120,000 a year as a software developer, I'm going to quit that. You're going to carry us. I'm going to go to school. And When I get out of school, I'll make 30K a year if I'm lucky enough to get a job. And hopefully, you don't lose your job in the meantime or get sick. Still want me to do it? Would
1: he be bringing in any money at all? He
0: says he would do consulting on the side, okay. but I say no. Don't count on it.
1: Maybe I wonder how long your kids have left in school. They're
0: just starting college. They haven't even started the college yet. Doesn't look so good, does it? And you're you're it's less good, but it's a tough one, isn't it?
1: Because you want him to be happy. Yes,
0: he has to pursue his dream of being a mechanical civil engineer.
1: See, and then my mind goes like, Oh well, you could just kind of like juggle
0: both <laughs>
1: but that's not going to nah, happen you
0: can't do civil engineering on the no. side the way you can web development
1: Yeah,
0: it's a tough one I just think about it think about it careful tell me what you did email us back let me know and if you want to send your email to the show 5x5.tv contact you can hit me up on twitter I'm at Dan Benjamin Hattie's at Hattie Bird and uh, I wish I had a better answer for for him but I don't but that's it and consider supporting the show on patreon patreon.com slash 5 by 5 you can give us a dollar dollar per month. You could give us a dollar per show. You could give us $100 per show. Whatever you like, whatever you think it's worth to you. Every little bit helps. And we appreciate you listening, consider rating the show on iTunes. And uh, we'll be back next week.
1: Have a good one.